Today on We Here, Abby Huntsman is leaving The View. We'll talk to Page Six senior reporter Carlos Greer about all the behind-the-scenes drama. Kristen Cavallari pulls back the curtain on what makes good reality TV. And we're breaking down some of the biggest snubs and surprises from this year's Oscar nominations. Coming up next on We Here. Oh my God. We're on page six? No. Yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin, And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, a Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Abby Huntsman is leaving The View after a year and a half, and Page Six senior reporter Carlos Greer is here to tell us all about it. Hi, Carlos. Hey, how are you, Maggie? Good. Good. I mean, yeah, today she actually officially made her announcement. This morning, uh, she told the audience and her co-hosts that she was leaving The View to help her father with his, with his gubernatorial campaign in Utah. And I heard, Carlos, that, yeah, people were stunned by this news, but you were hearing rumors about her departure well before the announcement today, right? You know, The View is one of those shows where it, it's sort of, it's reputation now that they have rotating hosts all the time. That's the identity of The View. And I did hear that Abby was one of the women who would be on the chopping block, but this was like last year when she joined uh, as a regular co-host. But I don't think anyone was expecting her to announce that she was leaving this morning. And yes, I have been reporting there's been a lot of turmoil at The View, specifically between her and her co-host Megan McCain. They're really good friends. I was told they had a falling out recently. Now, I'm not saying that that's the reason why she's leaving The View. She said she's leaving because she's joining her father's campaign. But it is it is interesting that the timing is quite interesting that this is when she's announcing that she's leaving. Yeah. And you mentioned this turmoil. So Abby Huntsman's leaving. She announced also that she's leaving this week. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to stay on the show for a month. She's out. But you've reported previously that Meghan McCain took some unexpected days off from the show because she's having some issues, too. Yeah, so she abruptly took some days off last week. We reported that. The women are not a fan of Meghan McCain. Her mm-hmm. co-hosts are not a fan of hers. And Abby Huntsman, she too, she's been having some issues with Meghan McCain. That's what sources and insiders have been buzzing about. And so Meghan McCain, she took off Thursday and Friday, but we're told that it was a personal matter. And that's why she took off. But, you know, they just returned last mm-hmm. week. They were on vacation over the holidays. They, they were on break. And they just returned last week. So the fact that Meghan McCain took two days off last week and Abby Huntsman announced her exit the second week back, uh, you got to there's a lot of questions there. For people who don't watch the show every day, Meghan McCain and Abby Huntsman were sort of the two conservative voices on the show. Right. And they had gotten into a lot of there's some heated exchanges on the air, right? But that's part of the show that's between part of the Whoopi show. Goldberg and the yes, other Yes, and hosts. you never really see Abby and Meghan McCain have heated exchanges, but they did last week. And I'm told, you know, Abby was fed up mm-hmm. with Meghan McCain and finally spoke up. Um, and like I said, sources told us that there was a falling out a couple of months before last week's heated exchange. And... Um, I just think everyone is still shocked. I don't think anyone was expecting, even with the with the exchange last week, I don't think anyone was expecting Abby to say she's leaving. 
So who do the producers of The View have on speed dial to fill these roles? Or this role, I should say. Well, you know, Anna Navarro, she uh, is a regular on mm-hmm. the on the View. She's sort of like a part-time co-host. She appears every Friday. Uh, they haven't released any names. Last week, Yvette Nicole Brown, she's an actress, mm-hmm. and she she's filled in before, uh, but she filled in for Megan McCain last week. But she's not a conservative voice, so it's, it's unclear right now if they're going to find another replacement because Megan McCain and Adam uh, they were the conservative voices on the show. And I think it's important to note also that they were really good friends. Mm. In fact, when Abby announced that she was leaving this morning, she seemingly addressed our reporting and she told Megan McCain, we will be friends forever. And what was it? What has Megan McCain done to alienate the other uh, co-hosts on the show? Is it simply her political views don't jibe with theirs or is there some other stuff going on sort of behind the scenes that's rubbing everyone the wrong way? You know, behind the scenes, she has developed a reputation for being rude. That's what I'm told. People uh, often uh, talk about how she treats guests on the show, uh, how she, people have described her as being petty, as acting childlike. Uh, so these are all the things that people are talking about behind the scenes. It's not so much her political views. It's about how she goes about expressing her opinion. And it's alienated uh, the women. And your reporting on this has actually been so good. There there was concern at the show, right, that they didn't want the stars to meet without the producers present because they were afraid that the details of these meetings would end up in page six. Yes. So uh, page six has become a hot topic at The View behind the scenes. And so sources told us that last week when, while Megan McCain was out and Yvette Nicole Brown, she was filling in for Megan. Uh, Sonny Hostin, who's really good friends with Yvette Nicole Brown, she was trying to have a powwow, if you will, or a kiki, have mm-hmm. some fun with the ladies uh, before they went on air. And she wanted to introduce Yvette to Anna Navarro, who was uh, hosting that day as well. And I'm told that one of the head producers freaked out because he didn't want it being leaked that they were meeting without Megan McCain. And I'm told that he he flat out said, I don't want to read this on page six. And so, you know, there's a lot of, lot of drama happening at The View, and there, but there always is. And you're reporting it all. Reporting it, <laughs> reporting it all, yeah. It's, it's the story that keeps on giving. Yeah, well, thanks so much for coming in, Carlos. Thanks, guys. We are here with Kristen Cavallari. There you go. Nice. Rhymes with very Cavallari. Thanks for coming in. (laughs) Thank you. So... What's going on? You're on TV all the time now. We're seeing you on the red carpet. We have your reality show. Oh, yeah. You were at the Golden Globes, right? I was. Yeah. Yeah. So I do for E. um, I do all the big award shows. Mm -hmm. I have a little pre-show, so I'm on usually for an hour and a half to two hours. And I actually love it because Mm -hmm. I go on right before Ryan and Juliana. So I talk about who I'm most excited to see that night. And then I do get to see all the stars as they're arriving. I get to see some people in person, which is Mm -hmm. the most fun out of it all, of course. And then I get to watch it from my couch and sweat. So it's sort of the both the best worlds, so I really enjoy doing that. Um, that was my fourth globe, so I'm wow. very, very thankful that I'm you know still doing it. Yeah. Um, and then yes, Very Cavalieri is back for season three tonight, Ooh. which is wild and exciting. Um, and yeah, we're just having a good time and just plugging away. And you mentioned the show. The show is sort of pivoting a little bit, right? Because in the past, it was really about your company and you heading the company and the staff. And you've even said that it was sort of almost Vanderpump 
rules-ish, yeah. but now it's sort of taking a different focus, right? And it's going to be more about you and your marriage and your personal life? Yeah, and so it's kind of funny because when I first pitched it years ago, I wasn't really supposed to be on it. And I did look oh, wow. at it like Vanderpump Rules where I would, you know, pop in and out, but it would be primarily about my staff and everything going on at Uncommon James. Um, and then so the first season, I'd say it was a good split between Jay and I and the staff and, you know, all of the drama and all that good stuff. Um, and then we've slowly kind of morphed into we're now season three. It's, I'd say, 85% Jay and I and my friend group and everything going on in my personal life. And then there's a splash of Brittany, who is, you know, one of my longest employees, her drama, which she has plenty of this season. <laughs> um, and then a little bit of the company. But we've we've also taken the cameras out of the business quite a lot mm-hmm. because I worked really hard in between seasons two and three to get my my the culture in my company to a really great place. I mean, clearly filming a reality mm-hmm. show attracts a certain kind of employee right. person, you know, and I, I had to unfortunately get rid of a lot of people, let go of some people because they weren't a good cultural fit. And to me, I know the show won't be here forever. I don't want it to be here forever, mm-hmm. but I want my company to be here forever. And so I had to make some decisions based on what was best for the company. That's really interesting because we were talking about that yesterday, actually, about Vanderpump Rules, which also premiered this week. And it is true that what would be good for a business isn't necessarily, (laughs) you know, great, like fighting. Surprise, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it is interesting because I guess if you're if you're hiring employees who are just for the show, it's almost like casting people and their storyline. And a lot of them are maybe were actors or models. So it's interesting that you actually want this to be a legitimate business and not just a pretend sort of setting for a reality drama. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I initially decided to do the show was to get the exposure for Uncommon James. Mm -hmm. And so to me, in my mind, everything has been a business decision. And so why would I go back and have girls that are picking fights just to get more camera time? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just not... Also, I'm not filming The Hills. Like, loved it. Had the time of my life when I was doing it. But that's not the kind of show I want to do now. I'm not here just to put people on camera who are willing to, you know, flip a table and pull hair. I want to show... I want to have an authentic show where it's emotional, but it comes from a real place. Mm-hmm. Reality TV has just changed a lot. People go on and they try to make a splash and get a headline. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to speak from the heart. Totally. I've had that problem with Maggie on this All the time. Podcast. I bet. We're really at odds here. <laughs> so I know you've said before that like Jay is the breakout star yeah. of the show. Yeah. Is he as funny this season as he's been in the past? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's uh, Jay, what I love about him is he's so unaffected by anything. And so he is always going to be the same. And he has that dry (laughs) sense of humor. And, you know, he's not just going to tell you something nice just to be nice. You like and he just says what everyone's thinking and people love him for it. It's like hilarious. It's like when I first got the screeners, I was like, this is cool. And then I was like. This dude is hilarious. He's like, so funny. I'm here for it. It's I know. Great. He's really great. He is really great. And that's him, you know? And, and uh, yeah, he's not putting on a show or anything. That's who he is. And I'm really happy that people are getting to see the real Jay yeah. because for so long, you know, being in the NFL, people, he was, I think, misunderstood and people didn't get to see his humor mm-hmm. and, and his real personality. So it's been nice that people now get to see him. Yeah, you guys are such a great pair. And Thanks. Your dynamic you give each other so a lot of wonderful. shit. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> because it's like watching a real relationship. Yeah, I mean, you know? we you know, we make each other laugh. We keep it fun and light. And so, yeah, we have a good time. (laughs) And so what else you're doing while you're in town? Obviously, you're here promoting the show, but do you get to do anything that you want to do? Or is it all just... 
No, I actually, the days haven't been too crazy. I went to Bond Street Sushi last night, oh, nice. which was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I went with actually a producer of Very Cavalieri, who's now filming um, Million Dollar Listing New York. Mm. So that was fun to see him. And um, tonight, honestly, I'm going to get a massage and go to bed early. And then I go home <laughs> at the crack of dawn tomorrow. I'm going to have a little me time, you know? Yeah. Just a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, it's always fun amazing. to be in the city. Yeah, that's the best way to do New York. Have a great meal and then just right? like, get in the hotel sheets. And then and then relax. Yeah. Eat and relax. I'm here for it. I never do that. I need to try. We need to move away and come back. <laughs> Make you appreciate we'll it. it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was amazing. We can't wait to see the show, and I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about it this season. Well, thank you. Cool. <laughs> It's Oscar season. We finally got our nominations. There's a lot of snubs. There were a lot of snubs. I feel like Oscar nominations should just be called Oscar snubs. No one cares about the nominees. People only care about who was not nominated and want to blame the Oscars. Yeah. I mean, the Oscars have had a track record of upsetting people in the past few years. I'm sure for all of eternity, but specifically I've noticed in the past few years because of the lack of diversity among the nominees. Yeah, and this year was really kind of a no different. I mean, um, just a couple years ago, there was the whole Oscars so white controversy, Mm -hmm. and they were pretty white again with a lot of minorities being left out, including, I think, most notably Jennifer Lopez, who a lot of people thought would be nominated for Hustlers. But I wonder if that was always a bit of a stretch Mm -hmm. anyway. I mean, I think it was a good comeback for her, but was it really an Oscar-worthy performance? I don't know. But she didn't get nominated. Aquafina mm-hmm. was a real surprise for her independent film, The Farewell. The Farewell was really like a critic's darling. Mm-hmm. And Aquafina obviously won the Golden Globes. And usually I always look at the Golden Globes as being your audition speech for what your Oscars speech mm-hmm. might be. I mean, I guess the question here is what really makes an Oscar-worthy performance? Is it... A full body transformation, which J-Lo got into incredible shape for Hustlers, learned all this choreography, took really dedicated training as far as like all of her pole dancing. You have to think like if this was Christian Bale who puts on weight for a movie, takes it off. If this was Charlize Theron who uglied herself up for Monster, you know, are we looking at the performance? Or are we looking at the physicality of the person? Right. The thing is, I always think of the Oscars, which it is, is it's not the Nobel Peace Prize, right? I mean, it's not based really on anything. It's like you asked before, like, what are the criteria? Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no criteria. It's just these people's opinions. And The Hollywood Reporter has done over the past few years these anonymous Oscar ballots where different people from different branches talk about why they voted for which performances. And you see that a lot of it is like there are movies that – they haven't even seen. They're movies where they just like the person. They're mm-hmm. movies where they just dislike the person. It's all pretty arbitrary. And the thing is, the Oscars, it's just a marketing tool for Hollywood yes. to promote movies. So in a weird way, you'd think, why not? You know, if I was voting to think what would make the best Oscars, what would make the best Oscars telecast? What would be the best for Hollywood at a time when less and less people are going to the movies, less and less people are watching the Oscars? I don't know. If I were voting, maybe I would think, oh, J-Lo, Eddie Murphy, Mm -hmm. like, why not have them in there, especially if the performances are, you know, worthy? 
Just to bang through some other snubs, Maggie, mm-hmm. Frozen 2 was snubbed. Was that, would you consider that a snub? Yeah, it's a major, I mean, did you how see many it? of, no, I but how many of the other um, best animated, I mean, Frozen was just such a major hit, you would just think Frozen 2, Electric Boogaloo would be in there. <laughs> um, that's the, I think that's the name. So like we saw at the Golden Globes, it feels like everything old is new again. You know, I'm looking at these nominations and it could be 1997, 1998, or it could be 2020. Like Best Supporting Actor, Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Brad Pitt. That's a great point. Where's the young blood? I think the biggest winner of the nominations, though, is Parasite, Mm. which is, I think, the film that stands to um, get the biggest bump from the Oscars because as its director Bong Joon-ho said at the Golden Globes, you know, that people need to overcome the, this, the I think he called it like the one-inch stumbling block or something of subtitles. And Parasite is nominated as best foreign film and best film, um, even though the actors in it were ignored. But... Um, it could, I mean, it's been a major hit and it could open up a foreign film to a whole new audience. And mm-hmm. it's a very crowd pleasing movie. You know, also, Maggie, cats <laughs> shut out. But even in the song, even the Taylor Swift song with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Thank God. I don't want to sit through that performance. Actually, the, the big winner of these nominations is Taylor Swift. Why? Because she doesn't have to go to the Oscars for Cats. Because did you see how she looked? It was weird. Like at the Golden Globes, I honestly didn't recognize Taylor Swift. And I think part of it was she was in disguise because she was Mm. like, I don't want to be associated with this film. She became like the ambassador for Cats because every no one else had to go, you know, because it's like totally embarrassing. But she was nominated. So she was there. And I was like, who's that? She she kind of changed her look. She had like her face was like sort of pointier and I don't know. She looked totally different than I've ever seen her. And I think she must be like, thank God I did not get nominated because I was going to have to go to the Oscars to represent cats when all these other MFers are going to be at home licking their wounds. Well, that's it for this episode of We Here. To hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more of the hottest celebrity news and gossip by signing up for our newsletter and by visiting page6.com. We'll be back tomorrow with more Page 6 exclusives. See you then.